On this episode of The Clappers, we're talking I Am Mother. We're talking Fosse Verdon, the eight-part series on Foxtel. We're talking Never Look Away. And we're talking about the St Kilda Film Festival. Welcome to the Clappers. Once again, this is Andrew Young. Uh, which I guess means I must still be Carl Quinn. I keep waking for, mm. waiting for the day I wake up and go, I'm somebody else. Woo. I know you want to be me. I you? do. Yeah. I keep, well, I keep yeah, Okay, I'll tell you what. You don't want to be me this week, okay? Right, These okay. past three days, you don't want to be me. I imagine that you, you have at least, at the very least, the skill to roast a chicken. I... <laughs> I haven't roasted too many chickens in my life, but I imagine. Well, you know, no. Okay. Not really? Do you no. enjoy them or not? That's not not one of your favourite uh, things. As in a roast chicken? Yeah. Um, it's okay. Yeah. Okay. It's not. It's not sort of like way out there in the sort of top top things I can think of. That's what I must. Yeah. Eat. Right. No. That's interesting. No. I, it's okay. But you know. It was a very special meal in our house. It was like right. the big fancy meal as a yeah. kid growing up, um, and uh, most people didn't eat. All kinds of things that they eat now at dinner time, but it's uh, something that I always I, like the stuffing. I'll, well, I'll concede that. Okay, mm. I um, I get a lot of compliments when mm. I cook a roast chicken mm. until it comes time <laughs> to distribute the crispy skin, right. which I distribute which all goes all onto your plate. to myself. No, it goes straight <laughs> into my mouth once I've jointed said noble fowl. Once I've I've arranged all the other parts and things that need to be done. Well, in fact, before I do that, I just eat all that skin straight away. You're a skin flint. So it's when all it comes to crispy. the roast chicken, you are a skin well, flint. I call Packers privilege on that, and <laughs> I say he who created the meal gets to have whatever he wants. He who stuffs the bird. Yes. Well, I don't really stuff it. I, I put in. A, I only put a couple of little things in. There's no stuffing, stuffing like the like kind right, that you okay. talk about. I was led to believe once that 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 um, could result in uneven cooking. Andrew. Yes, hello. There's a, there's a rumour that you, you've actually watched something on the TV. I did watch something on TV. And it was quite a uh, coincidence that I found out about this show. And then I was sad because I thought, I'm never going to be able to watch this show because it's on Foxtel. Mm. Then I was happy again because I was allowed to go over and watch it at a person's house who gets the Foxtel, who lives just a little way from you my got a home. day pass. Yeah, I went over. And I've been over a couple of times because I think it's a six-part show. Uh, you're okay. going to have to drop but, a name here. I'll tell you what it is. It's called Fosse Verdon. It was a fine affair. Why are you wearing all this makeup? She used to be a society girl. But then she met the wrong man. You are going to love Bobby. No, I know who he is. He's the one with the hats. He does a lot more than hats. He's only choreographed one show. Slaps the shoulders. Slouch. I don't think I've ever heard that word from a choreographer before. You don't want to give anything away. Let him come to you. Oh, okay. yeah. Okay. It is... Getting a lot of good good word, but oh, I haven't seen look, it yet. It is great, and it is great... Oh, I see what you've done here. Uh, I see what you've done uh, here. Uh, you brought jazz uh, into it again, uh, haven't you? Well, kind of. <laughs> uh, Bob Fosse is well known to people who like dance, like choreography, and maybe even who like musicals. He... Subject of all that jazz. He 
wrote a f- directed a film called All That Jazz about himself that I think people should watch. I think if people want to watch this show, Fossey Verdon, maybe watch the first five minutes or so and get a flavour, and then I think it's absolutely essential to watch All That Jazz first. First? It, really? Yeah, really. Do your really, homework before yeah, you begin. I don't think you're going to... All That Jazz is not going to spoil anything yeah. because the film uh, was made in... It was released in 1979. Was Roy Scheider? Yep, and you'll be pleased to know... That I know it won four Academy Awards. Good Lord, man. Do you know how I know this? Because you did some research. No, no. no. Uh, it's one of my favourite films. It's oh. in the top ten of favourite films. I've seen it many times and I have my very own uh, digital, digital versatile disc right. of all that jazz <laughs> from a shop. Right. And on the cover it says... Is that actually what the V stands yeah, for? Yeah, yeah. How, how did I not know that? I've given your... Profession in yes. inverted commas. How, How did you not? Wow. Well, anyway, all that jazz is a, 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 a like a broken up kind of biopic uh, that keeps the recurring scenes over and over again. It's about a man who is a choreographer, who is a philanderer, who is uh, very charming and uh, very much in demand as a choreographer, but he's dying, and the film goes backwards and forwards between life and death with this man, and it's funny. It's very sad. Roy Scheider is brilliant in it. Uh, ben Vereen has a, a, a bit part, and he's he's great too. In the film, he's also as well as doing putting on a new musical, which is very very funny and has great great comic scenes and tunes and things. It's he's also doing a film that is very much the Lenny Bruce film that Bob Fosse directed with Dustin Hoffman, Lenny. And so it's it I think will furnish you with a an aesthetic appreciation and also just a, a, a nice bit of understanding without having to do any heavy research. It's a really entertaining way to get yourself in a frame of mind to what you're actually watching. Because this is, this is also episodic and also recall, goes backwards and forwards through time and recalls all that jazz in quite a few scenes. But it is a straight, in a way, a straight telling of the life of uh, a very talented man, a very bad husband, maybe not such a good father either, and, but someone who has changed the world of, of theatre and of dance and of perhaps perhaps musicals too. Uh, his what would be his most famous musical? Cabaret, right? Chicago. You know these are big big shows. Kind of big shows. Kind of big shows. Yeah. And this show f- is stars Sam Rockwell, who is magnificent, magnificent as this squinting man with a cigarette always in his mouth. Um, and Michelle Williams, who was also equally magnificent in her role as Gwen Verdon, who was his wife. And this film is giving you the idea that it may be a uh, Marion Burley Griffin style partnership. So creative format. partnership. Yeah, yeah. Of, of equal partners, one of whom takes all one of the limelight. It's the limelight. Yeah. And well, it, there's a couple of scenes where things just aren't working until. She turns up, and everybody, like the producers and the people from, she go, "Oh, thank God you're here! You know, we, we just can't get this thing out. Can you please talk?" You know, she's like the voice of he's like the creative madman, and she's the voice of reason and good sense. She had a, a great career before marrying him. She was well known and was a star, and he was a nobody, so to speak. He 
choreographed. There's a scene in Kiss Me Kate where he does the choreography. He plays a minor character in the, the musical Kiss Me Kate on The Taming of the Shrew. And he does a scene in The Pajama Game. If people remember the Steam Heat scene, he choreographs that. He has very recognisable mannerisms that if you will have already seen, if you've seen anything with any kind of movement in it, you'll see very recognisable signature for just one of a better term, leap motifs of yeah, jazz hands. Yeah, are we going to say jazz yeah. hands? Well, I'm not. <laughs> uh, I I love. I've seen three or four uh, people who like actors and their names and recognizing them will not recognize Evan Handler, and then when they do, they'll I think be really delighted that they just recognized an, an unrecognizable Evan Handler in this. Um, I I'm beside myself to see the next episode. So how many have you seen? I think three. Three. I think okay. three. Out yeah, of yeah. what? Out of six. I think it? six. Yeah, I, right. I didn't. Okay. You know, I didn't sort of look it all up on the internet or anything like that. So I don't. You you, you can do all that part. Eight, Eight oh, episodes. You're in for good. a treat. Good. Oh, I'm 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 already having a treat just talking about it. <laughs> I'm with child with excitement. I'm I'm just exploding with joy about this. It is wonderful to see something about somebody that you like and that you're interested that isn't ruined. It is rare and it's it's great to see something that they haven't buggered up and they haven't. And the two, the producer, director, writer guys, um, you'll, you can tell them their names, uh, they are theatre people and they have a not, not a reverential sense but they, they respect and, and really want to do justice to not just Bob Fosse, of course, but Gwen Verdon and their daughter is involved as a uh, producer right. on this program, which I think... Is, is is a good sometimes having the family involved like the Quincy Jones um, can run both ways yeah I, I think other times you get a really clear perspective of somebody who is unsentimental in remembering um, their, their their dad their mum whoever the, the yeah. film is about you know um, of course you know mummy dearest some people felt that it was perhaps a little too critical reminiscence from Christina Crawford I, I never I never I was always surprised at how how rude and nasty people were about her. I thought, man, this is her life, you know? Like, come on, really? But this, all that jazz, see that first? I don't know how you do that. I don't know, Canopy maybe or, or one of the other ones. Um, maybe you could go to your local library, though, of course, Borrowing a DVD from your local library, it's apt to be scratched and unplayable, as has been the case, <laughs> my case, from time to time. So You really are a glass half-jagged edge, <laughs> aren't you? You really go all the way. But do... And, it, and if you put the DVD in, it'll probably <laughs> explode and then you'll end up with shrapnel in the eye. So, so there'll be a power surge, look, the DVD will be stuck in there and you'll get fines from the library. <laughs> The choice is yours. Yeah, you want to take those risks? So I'm not telling you to go and subscribe to it to Foxtel. Of course I'm not telling you to do that. But if you have a friend or relative who will let you in their house, try and do it because it's, oh, God, it's so worth watching. And, of course, all that jazz, I would say you have your own copy of that because that's a film that has been rewarding me since 1979. Well, I'm, I'm doing a quick look on my, yep. my ever-present app, Just Watch, oh, yep. and... Ju- uh, all that jazz does not show up on any streaming services yeah. or, so or, or, or but eBay? that doesn't mean that it's not necessarily eBay? available on have iTunes eBay? or yeah. eBay heard of Criterion there are some various places yeah. that, that re-release the yeah. BFI re-release films and it, it's not just uh, Italian neorealism or Russian constructivism it's it's well-known films as well mm. 
And of course, uh, eBay. You can buy yeah. things from that too. And you'll probably find a really crappy low def version of it on YouTube somewhere. Yeah, oh, yeah, don't do that. No, sliced, don't, don't, don't. Up. Do not do that. Don't do that. No, no, no. <laughs> probably have some man sitting in his lounge room speaking over the top of it in Russian, telling you what's happening. On the issue of things being on or not being on for a mm. long time, I have to correct myself from a couple yeah. of weeks ago when we were talking about Fleabag mm. and uh, talking about season one and whether it would oh, still yes, be available yes, yes. on iView. It is actually still available on iView. So. I was wrong on that. Okay. I, I I made the the point that things on iView are often only there for a fairly uh, short window or narrow window or whatever whatever term you it's want to like use, but Carrie not for a long time. This is your Carrie Lamb moment, isn't it? It is oh. my Carrie Lamb moment. Yes, I um we we have made mistakes. We have made mistakes in saying that. Uh, Fleabag season one may not be on iView, but in fact it is on iView. We are going to w- withdraw mm-hmm. for uh, can, for the foreseeable future. Mm-hmm. The uh, It is not on iView. But that's not still. to say that one day it may not be on iView. <laughs> that's correct. <laughs> so we're not going to say that it will always be on iView. At this point in time. Right, for now. Fleabag season one has not been now. extradited from iView. <laughs> it is still there. It is still there. Good stuff. Yes. Andrew, here I am. Film I want to talk about: mm. Never Look Away. Neville, never, uh. not Neville. Neville Ookaway. <laughs> Neville Ookaway. Yeah, yeah, our famous artist. I remember him. From Yorkshire. I'm from Yorkshire. <laughs> Neville Ookaway. He used a palette knife instead right, of a brush. Right, yeah, always looking away. Uh, anyway, no, never look away. Is Which, that like Call Me by Your Name Part Two? Uh, it is so very, very not like that. It is. <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of are there any ways in which it is similar it is European how about yeah. that there okay. you go there okay. we go so it's we know what we're in, we're in for then yep, yep. Uh, well you're in for about three and a half hours that's what you're in for value for money value for money you pay your $22 or eighteen fifty, or if you turn up on a senior's day who knows what you'll get. anyway it's uh, I know what you'll get if you turn up on a senior's day don't do that it's a film by Florian Henkel von Donnersmark Ah, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know him. Yeah, I do. Do you? Yeah, I love craft work. Go on. <laughs> Not everybody called Florian was in craft work, I hate to tell you. <laughs> Not every German who was in craft, who's called Florian was in craft work. He is German. Okay. He's, he's an Are ama- you sure? He's an amazing... <laughs> with that name? <laughs> Even if I didn't know... I would stake your house on it. Yes. Thank you, yes. thank you um, for what it's worth. He won the uh, he won the best foreign language Oscar in two thousand and seven with the film The Lives of Others. I don't know if you've ever seen that. It's a it's superb I work about um, surveillance under the, the Stasi. Yeah, in, yeah, 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 yeah. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. really great. It film. was good. Really great yeah. film. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he made a film called The Tourist in in Hollywood with Johnny Depp and Angelina Jolie in between. This. I mean, that's kind of like an exercise in big-budget studio filmmaking. Yeah, some people like it, some don't. This is very much uh, a return to the kind of traditions of German uh, or European art house cinema. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a film about a painter who is born in Nazi Germany, or born, born he's a child in Nazi Germany, rather. Uh, he then 
lives under the East, under East German socialism post-war. He then flees to the West. He he then studies at a, at a, an art college. He's basically he's already graduated as a as a painter, painting sort of a socialist realist murals in workers' halls and things in in uh, in Dresden, and then he flees to the West. And he uh, goes to school again and learns Western style okay. art, and uh, and then has a career. Has a sort of a you know he stagnates for a period of years and then has this breakthrough, and finds his finds his uh, his his medium basically mm-hmm. and and enjoys enormous success. And the film kind of ends at the point at which he's about to he's just hit that moment where he's about to go mm. bang. He's exploding on okay. the world art scene. Now, it's. Not a biopic, but it is a biopic. So this, the the film, Donnersmark went and uh, sat with Gerhard Richter, who is one of the most famous and successful painters on the planet. He's 87 years old. He's He, he uh, began his career in East Germany as a socialist realist painter. He he was a child under Nazism. He he um, he fled to the West. He went back to college. He, I mean, there are so many parallels. Donnersmark spent uh, a long period of time talking to Richter. He approached him. He said, "I, I have some. I, I'm I'm wanting to make a film about an artist uh, whose career spans these." You know trials and tribulations in German history, and uh, I, I want I, I have some questions I'd like to put to you, and so he went and sat with him for the first first meeting. Uh, he was expecting to be rebuffed. He he wrote to um, to, um, to Richter on his on his website. He was expecting him to be rebuffed. He wasn't. Uh, Richter said, "Come and come and you know visit me." They spent seven hours talking, and then he went back and back and back. He spent. Weeks and weeks and weeks sitting with this guy, taking notes, recording conversations. Did he try to seduce him? Did he shoot him? No, there was none of that. None okay. of that. It's not a cute misfortune. It's <laughs> <laughs> although, although it does take a nasty turn. This story. They uh, they had this agreement that um, Donnersmark wasn't going to call this a biopic about Gerhard Richter. It was it was to be a film about an artist, mm. and it was it was to be. Yes, it was going to draw lots of material from his life and his experiences, but then it was going to be a slightly fictionalized or more than slightly fictionalized account, so that it it sort of it was greater than the facts yeah, that sort of informed like every it. Every biopic. Well, no, no, this like is Ray Charles. Uh, no, but uh, you know, if you if you see Walk the Line, that yes. is a film that purports to be a story about Johnny Cash. Yeah, Never Look oh, Away okay. does yeah, not yeah, purport right. to be a film mm-hmm. about Gerhard Richter. Yep. And yet, inevitably, it is a film about Gerhard Richter because there is so much overlap, and the the, the artistic breakthrough he has is so definitively Gerhard Richter's, mm-hmm. where where he takes paintings and he he renders them in a photorealistic style, and then and then finishes them with this kind of uh, blur effect, mm-hmm. so that they 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 seem to be almost almost photographs, mm-hmm. and they're not. You know, they mm-hmm. they become disrupted in this strange way. The German media uh, during that period of his work called uh, described his his pictures as Werk ohne Auto, uh, works without an author, and uh, that's actually the German title of the film. It's it's really really interesting the way that th- this sort of this rupture in their relationship between the the filmmaker and and so the subject non subject. I'm like, talking about real life, yeah. but how it's sort of it's informed the way this film has been understood or, or, or seen so it's sort of they had this kind of gentleman's agreement in which it, the film was not to be about Richter mm. 
mm. and yet it's about Richter. It can't mm. help but be about mm-hmm. Richter. There mm-hmm. was a really interesting piece, uh, so I guess you call it a profile, in The New Yorker in January about Donna's Mark um, that sort of outlined uh, a lot of this stuff. And I, I, sp- I spoke to Donna's Mark and he sort of you know expanded on some of that stuff. It's just, it's just really – it's a fascinating film because the trajectory and, and the history is just riveting. There's all these weird things like, like Donna's Mark has as a kid uh, – sorry, um, Richter as a kid. Sorry, I should say the, the, the painter in the film is called Kurt Barnett and he's played by a guy called Tom Schelling. And uh, so Barnett has an aunt who uh, is, is beautiful and is sort of like she's somewhere between a sort of like a big sister sort of mother kind of figure in his life. But she has uh, mental illness, and she's eventually euthanized by by the by the Germans, uh, by the Nazis, I should say. The man in the film, the man who who is in charge of the the uh, the sanatorium where this happens, is uh, a guy called Karl Sieband. He's played by Sebastian Koch, who played the writer in The Lives of Others, the guy mm-hmm. who's the subject of the, the the spying. And in this in this film, he's he's kind of. Um, He's as sinister as the character in in uh, the lives of others mm-hmm. was was sympathetic. He mm-hmm. he's somebody who basically blows with with uh, he 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 blows with the ideological winds. So he's a Nazi when it when it's beneficial to him to be a Nazi. He's a socialist when it's beneficial. You to know him who to you're be a describing? Who am I describing? Uh, you're describing somebody very like Asperger. Asperger. Asperger, who gave us the syndrome, yeah. Asperger syndrome, who worked in Nazi Germany right. and didn't start out to be a particularly enthusiastic Nazi, right. but was responsible for a lot of horrific um, tests on children who were deemed to be at one end or other of this newly created spectrum. Right. And uh, quite a frightening, hideous story, his story. Uh, I'm sh- you know, when I say you're describing him, I mean, you're probably describing a lot of people in charge of a lot of I'm sanatoria, sure I'm sure asylums, right. yeah. um, hospitals, and so on. Where, where well, they were interested in research. Where <laughs> all forms of euthanasia, yeah. if you want to use that word, were carried out. So this film, could you go to it without anything? Just sit down and don't know anything about anything? Absolutely. Just, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... I, I went to it completely mm. blind. I didn't mm. know. Mm. I hadn't read anything about it when I went to see mm. it. I didn't know that it was it was about or not about yeah. Richter. Yeah. Um, I, I did all my reading on that subsequent to seeing the film. Yeah. I was totally riveted by it. Mm. It's you know, it is a long film, three and a half hours is not you know, it's not an easy ride for a lot of people, I suppose. No. But but it's it I was not bored for a second. I was completely yeah, gripped by this good. story. There are coincidences and things that happen in here where the, there are sort of connections between characters, and and I was going, oh, I think they're stretching it a little bit here. Yeah, turns out they're no, not. They're not. Not no, at it's, all. It's funny when that happens. It's yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I guess all, all I'm saying, I mean, the reason I'm giving all that that background, the Richter stuff, is because you need to get out of your system. I need to get out of my system. Yeah. No, it, because it is it is fascinating, yeah. Yeah. and it's it's a really interesting example of a film that is it, it purports to be. Uh, informed by a life without being about that life. Mm-hmm. It, it, it aims to be about more. It aims to be an abstraction of, I guess, you know, you find something in that story that allows you to get to a bigger truth, I yeah. guess. Yeah. Um, and yet it's become overshadowed mm-hmm. by this controversy about whether or not it really is or isn't yeah. about Richter. And it's, it's fascinating, yeah. absolutely fascinating. But f- all that aside, yeah. just go and see it because it's really yeah. it's and really it's, And it's film. called... 
It's called Never Look Away. Great. Hilft das dem Arbeiter? Glaub mir, es stimmt alles nicht, was ich da gemalt habe. Dein Schwiegervater? Das ist nicht die Erbmasse, die ich unseren Nachkommen wünsche. Kann er uns nicht einfach in Ruhe lassen? Voraus. Indem ihr euch frei macht, macht ihr die Welt frei. Nur der Künstler kann den Menschen nach dieser Katastrophe das Gespür für ihre Freiheit zurückgeben. Carl, the St. Kilda Film Festival is upon us, runs from the 21st to the 30th. And it has a lot of shorts, has a lot of local material, and there is something that's showing in there that I've had a little sneak preview of that might be of interest to the listener. What is it? It's called St. Kilda Jazz Stories, Carl. Oh, you! Jazz How Stories. How did you do it? I snuck it in. I snuck <laughs> it in. I was thinking jazz. you were talking about film, but actually you're talking about jazz. <laughs> the jazz film. This is a film that is about St. Kilda. Yes. And it is about the <clears throat> the scene in St. Kilda. It starts around the 920s. It talks about these very evocative um, venues that they had in those days. I wrote a couple of them down so that I could read them out. Can't find Freddy's it. Night Spot. No, no, no. Did you ever go to Freddy's Night the, Spot? No. Pa- oh my God. The, pal- <laughs> the Palais de Dance. Oh, of course, yes. Uh, massive. Can dance. you stop rustling that paper? Massive dance halls <laughs> they had down there, and it talks. It talks Saint to. Moritz would be one of them, right? A lot of a lot of musicians that associate themselves with Saint Kilda, yeah. and it and it gives you like a timeline that runs from, like I say, the 1920s up to about the early 2000s. Are we talking only about jazz? Mm-hmm. So We're talking about... Sinc- so you and, and don't no, have Nick Cave and, and no, no, the no, birthday no. party and what's, there, what, what What is, I think, something that if, if people have any interest in the history of jazz in Australia, it's mainly traditional jazz that these right. people, um, these musicians were playing. Um, Len Barnard... Uh, who was a was a drummer? Who the father of Rebecca Barnard um, was the son of Jim Barnard, who uh, ran a dance band with his wife Kath Barnard. So there's a lot of dynastic kind mm. of business here. Um, the jazz drummer Alan Brown, They're like the Gandhis of the yes. uh, Melbourne jazz scene, married Margie Lou Dyer, who's the daughter of Warwick Dyer, who was a trombonist in that scene. And it follow- basically it's about camaraderie. It's a talking head thing. So it's ve- it's just interviews with living jazz musicians from from St Kilda. So there's a lot of people that you might associate with jazz in Australia or jazz in Melbourne in particular that you're not going to hear from. And I think that's a good thing. I think yeah, it's right. nice to keep it in this local um, local area. It it's a little patchy. Some of the interviews, are, uh, the audiovisual quality is, is is not great, and it contrasts with with the ones that are, which is yeah. which is unfortunate. Everybody's got all the musicians that, that that you hear from, whether it's Vince Jones or Bob Sedigreen or people from the PBS radio station who broadcast uh, gigs from the Gershwin Room. Uh, the Gershwin Room paid for the the what would you call it, the conduit from the pub from the SB to the uh, the studio up the road and they would they were very very helpful in, in allowing PBS to broadcast gigs and they would have regular jazz gigs on there. So it's a nice story about community radio and a nice story about the jazz community and 
and following it right through to now with, with some of the players that are still alive, like John Scarry, young guys like Eugene Ball, who are still playing together and are still doing these regular gigs. And what it also talks about, which I think is great, are the, I won't say impresarios, but there's always one or two people like Peter Gordian uh, who live, living, who put their time or their money into setting something up, setting up a place like uh, like the Bigginsfield Hotel or the Victoria Hotel in Peter Gordian's case or Horst Leopold who set up a Jazz Club 44 which was this great place in the 50s up to 1960 which everybody really, you know, uh, felt was a really important meeting place. You know, having these people who aren't necessarily musicians, uh, not in Peter Gordian's case, but um, someone like Serge Carnavali who sets up the Paris Cat in town now as a place where you can... You know, it's almost like a safe harbour for people who want to play improvised music that gives them a chance to stretch out and, you know, and do their thing. And mm. it's, it's only of interest to people who are interested in either the New Orleans style of jazz or the history of, of jazz or have any interest in St Kilda as a suburb that used to be known as a great place to go and dance seven nights a week. So here's a question for you. How yeah. long is it? Not long, it's 37 minutes. 37 minutes. Well, I'm going to say, by, by the standards of uh, St Kilda Film Festival, yeah. that's quite long. Okay. That's, that's almost a feature. Yep. Almost yep. a feature. Because yep. it is primarily a festival of, of short films. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, the good thing about, about the St Kilda Film Festival is if you happen to be in a session and there's a film you don't like... It's going to be over, it's gonna be really over pretty soon. soon so, I know, yeah. I know. Yeah. It's, <coughs> yeah, it's something that I, I was really happy to see and I think it's, it shows great commitment on Kay Bloom, the filmmaker, to assemble all these people. Right. Who, and and, it, and it's great that people were able to make themselves available, you yeah. know, like Judy Jackson, Rebecca Barnard, and uh, Margie Lou Dyer, and so on. Uh, there's about 20 or 30 living Melbourne jazz musicians associated in most of their lives or within their career with St Kilda. And, you know, for me, this show, this film... Represents a good news story about St Kilda. I don't. I have. I'm going to say use the word antipathy mm. towards St Kilda. I, I sense that. Yeah, in you. I sense that in you. Yeah, and so it's it's, um, it's. I'm very happy to spend 37 minutes in the company of people who have beautiful memories of uh, great friendships and great music made in St Kilda. I went to I went to uh, the SP on Saturday night mm-hmm. uh, with a mate for a just spur of the moment. Let's yeah. go have a beer and uh, spent. Several hours. I guess they a lot of money. No, no. I was going to say spent several, several, spent a couple of hours. Yeah. In uh, in the, the 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 main bar up the front, you know, with the big bay windows mm-hmm. and all the rest. And uh, I suspect there are a lot of people there who don't have much memory of the evening. Uh, it's it's become it, it is like ridiculously pumping that place now. Mm. And I know that when the, it's been open now, I think since November. Um, yeah. Since the, the Quite renovation a few was done. It's been open, yeah. And they've done they've done a great job uh, in bringing that building back to life and creating mm. new spaces and you know the food mm. has you know it, it, there's a lot going on in it, right? Yeah. So a lot of great little pockets of, of the building. I know that when they opened it they were anticipating that in winter it would their business would be down like massively. Massively. Yep. I gotta say yep. on Saturday night. No. I don't think you could have fit any more people yeah. in there. It was it was like it was a, so a joint there. where people were going to meet people, let's so, say. So you were there on a set that yeah, I know what kind of it was it a, is now. It was you know, were there were there were there any bands playing in any of the half a dozen rooms? There was there, there was uh, a band playing in the in the basement, the front the yep. sort of uh, yeah, I know sort it. of downstairs from yep. the public bar. 
and that was a sort of like I guess you call them sort of like punky kind of yep. thrash kind yep. of outfit. A room holds about two hundred people, mm-hmm. so it's a tight tight little room. Yeah, yeah, and it's a good uh, room. I like. There's that a room. DJ upstairs in the main sort of as you come in in the front bar, in the foyer oh, area. In the foyer, yeah. yeah. What about so the front bar feeding. where bands used to play? Diana no. Kiss used to play on Mondays. No one's playing. No, there. no, that's yeah. that's basically that. There's no sort of bar space. There's no band space uh-huh. there anymore. So there's a, there's a like a, a mini stage which is basically for the DJ. And right? what about the Gershwin room? And occasionally, like you could have like an acoustic yeah, setup yeah. there or something. But basically, it's a you DJ kind of thing. What about the Gershwin room? Gershwin room is still functioning. Absolutely. So there was someone playing? I don't think there was. Not on Saturday night. Or if there was, I didn't get in there. Yeah, you I mean, you know, you, you, you're in the front. You're not noticing. Went there with a the mate to have a beer. That was it. And upstairs, they've got some rooms as well. The, oh yeah, there's got a um, bar. There's a restaurant. There's a restaurant, and then there's another yeah. restaurant, and then there's a cocktail bar, yeah. and. Uh, uh, yeah, don't knock it till you've tried it, man. Oh, I'm not trying it. The, the top oh, I'm four. not trying and Of course this. you're not. You'd have to no, cross the river. I'm not trying river. this. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> do you, did I use the word antipathy? <laughs> no, you may have. You may have. <laughs> I know people who have been DJing there off, you know, since, it, since it's open, so I am aware that they, mm. they are not completely opposed to music. But no, they're not at all opposed. They to may music. be opposed to bands playing. Music. No, no, I think they they, uh, they bands may be, they in may their not. place. Bands in their places. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the Gershwin Room is absolutely functioning as a, ba- a band. Great, room. Great. I just don't know if it was inside. Yeah, I, I can't imagine it being. Oh, of course, you, know, you can imagine it being anything. But I, I think it, 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 there's a lot to be said for that room as a as it's a great a, as a great place to, yeah. to be to be performing in. But also to see what one of the best things about the Gershwin Room. Is that you could pretty much drive right up to the door with your gear. Right. There's this old the stable at the yeah. back. You go up the side, and there's a stable. What is clearly used to be a stable yeah. may not be there now. A massive area of gravel where you could just drive straight up, load straight steps. No, that, just, that area, oh, that area is gone. Great, that's gone. But the, I think there is still uh, from a street from the street to the side. Yeah, uh, because you, you understand that that's that represents a car park, mm. which. On the road in St Kilda, you know, you can drive to a place where you're working and you've got all this equipment and you can park and just go there. Yeah. No steps yeah. or anything. Very and exciting. Then, and then leave your car there yeah. and do your work. Then out of car. So good, man. Yeah. There are a few places. The Prince of Wales was like that, except mm. you, you had to go down a million flights of stairs, but still you could park there. God, it used to be great. Fasc- Can I just say, Kilda used to be really good. Though this discussion of parking is <laughs> parking is fascinating. Are you crazy? I can't think of a more interesting topic than having a really good parking spot. Oh, man. I got one just out the <coughs> front here. Too. I'm very happy with this parking. It's, it's spot. like doing a show with George Costanza. It really is. <laughs> oh, oh, <laughs> cruel, very cruel. Do you have Netflix? You know I don't have uh, Netflix. Because uh, you have to pay for it. That's well, right. I pay for Stan. Yeah, okay. I pay for well, Stan. Fair your, your employers. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with that. I'll tell you what's on Netflix and you keep paying for Stan because that helps maybe keep yeah. me in a job. Yeah, that's sure. A, that's a good thing. That's a good deal. I'm not going to watch, as I say, I'm not going to watch any Channel 9, okay? <laughs> I'm not going to be doing that. If that's what I have to do to keep you in a job, that's a Rubicon I will not cross, my friend. Okay. Netflix. Uh, they've... Uh, just last week released uh, a, a movie called I Am Mother. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a sci-fi film. Um, it's great. Good. Made in made in Adelaide mm-hmm. by a West Australian director, a guy called Grant Spitore, uh, from a script by an American guy, um, Michael Lloyd Green. And uh, it's it's just really tight. It's basically, it's, it's a... 
would you call it a two-hander or a three-hander? So there's oh, is the, it like a monster's got three hands. Well, or? no, there's a robot, right? Oh, okay, yeah, and the, we'll and the include robot, the robot, don't okay, include we'll, the robot. So we'll call it a three-hander. Yeah, we'll call yeah. it a three-hander. There's a, a, a young Danish actress called Clara Rugard. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody's just got sort of like a a uh, a, no, a non-proper noun. Uh, so she's called daughter, right? Oh, not one of these. Yeah, it's one of these. It's a bit like Fleabag. So yeah, and and like that film <laughs> that you saw that you thought was marvelous and amazing about some haunted house, and and everybody it was a really it divided everybody. Who who made that film? Was it? Um, Are you talking about Darren Aronofsky? Darren, Darren, Darren Aronofsky. Talking about mother. Talking about mother. Yeah. 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 <laughs> anyway, this film was originally called, but before it, before um, it was in production, it was actually called Mother. Right? Yeah. So I presume they changed the name because of Aronofsky, uh, Aronofsky's movie. You know what? They also should have changed what. The characters, given them names. Ah, well, no. Okay, so yeah, mother, daughter, set up, set up basically. Robot. Set the it's the day the film opens the day after a mass extinction event. Yep. So humanity is wiped out. Okay. okay, there is no humanity left. There's this big facility, and there's a robot, uh, a sort of humanoidish mm-hmm. robot, um, and uh, it takes it takes an embryo out of a, a storage facility. And begins raising that embryo to create, uh, yep, to create. The begin the process of repopulation. Adam okay. and Eve. Yep. Uh, well, except it's just Eve. It's just it's Eve. Just daughter. There is no okay. Adam. Okay. okay. So, so, so um, we get a brief. You know, we get brief glimpses of uh, the infant and then the young child, and then mostly what we've got is a teenager. Yep. Right. Uh, where the daughter, the girl, mm. is yeah. played by a Danish actress called Clara Rugard, who is in fact, I, I she's now twenty one, so mm. she was probably about nineteen when she was making this. Looks much younger. It looks like a fifteen year old, and uh, the robot is voiced by Rose Byrne, and mm-hmm. in, in an American accent, mm. uh, Clara Rugard also speaks with an American accent, and uh, and it's basically just the two of them. Okay, okay. so the robot mother is yeah. schooling yeah. Um, daughter, mm-hmm. bringing her up to be. The ideal human, okay, effectively. Like, if you're going to start populating the, the planet again, might as well try and get it right from the yeah. start. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, but she's the daughter is under the unlike Adam and Eve. Indeed, the daughter is under the impression that she is the only human on the planet, and that it's not safe outside. Mm-hmm. And then there's a bang on the door. Bad boy, Bubby. There's a bang on the door. A bit like Bad Boy Bubby. <laughs> <laughs> there is no glad rap. You'll be glad to hear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> There's a bang on the door, and it's Hillary Swank. Uh, Thank God. Yeah. Thank God you're here, Hillary yeah. Swank. But she's not called Hillary Swank. Ah, oh. she's called Woman. Woman, of course, or Stranger, maybe. Mm. I don't know. Anyway, okay. she she can, she. can I just interrupt? I, she, I, I, no, 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 I need to know this. Say, she's wounded, to, and yeah. she begs. She begs to be let in. Okay, okay. Good. And that's the beginning of, of the, f- the film. Where? Well, no, we're probably half an hour in, okay. but that's where it all goes. Okay, what's going on here? My question is. Yep. At the at the startish of the mm. film, mm. where the robot mm. is mother, mother, thank you, is getting the embryo. Yeah, do you get a sense of there? I think being the embryo is just called embryo. By okay. the way, yeah. do you get a sense of there being many embryos? Yes. Or does this look like no, no, a no, no. Lone? Okay. There's a little title that tells us there are sixty three embryos. In okay, sixty three thousand. Sorry. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. So that that makes this film m- more interesting to me. Than if it, there were one embryo. So if it was sixty-two thousand embryos? No, 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 no. Still like, th- th- there are some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 just the whole. You know how important plausibility is oh. for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that there would be one embryo, no, one no, no, lone no. surviving embryo, uh, but sixty-three thousand. Yeah, 
And don't forget the seed bank. Hey, well, I, I think this is basically the seed bank for uh, humans. Uh-huh. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So. Well, this just does sound really exciting. Don't it's tell good. us anymore. I'm not don't say any more. That's it. That's no, that yeah. sounds great. It's man. a really good setup. And 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 it's on Netflix, is it? It's on Netflix. Oh. Yeah. Do and I know anybody? Yeah, I'm sure you know somebody's got Netflix. <laughs> I mean, you know, half the country's got Netflix. Yeah. You must really? Have somebody. Really? That's yeah. pretty good. But, uh, but is it the half that likes you or the half that doesn't? Mm. I would say, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say that, that that really, just if I have to make a quick answer, it's going to be the half that doesn't. <laughs> and and God bless them. And, and I applaud them in having their strong views. I have strong views. And, you know, I applaud the, the other half of the country who doesn't like me for being strong enough to be able to stand up and say, I do not like that man. Thanks for listening to The Clappers. You can go to our Facebook page where Carl is going to put up that New Yorker article about that three-and-a-half-hour film. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to put up my article on the weekend. No, no. Uh, put up the New Yorker article uh, as well. Let people compare and contrast. No. Yes, no. I'm going to. No. And then I'll find something in The Guardian <laughs> and I'll put it on you. And I'll put it up. <laughs> if I had three months to write an article like The New Yorker, people, it would be at least 2% better. I promise you. <laughs> <laughs>